Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Ah, yes, the supernatural power of God. I hope that you feel, felt the presence of the Lord. No, not felt. Feel the presence of the Lord in your home. That's the whole goal, is that you feel and sense the presence of God in your home. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, um, before we get into the word of the Lord, we want to uh, uh, give the weekly question for those children who are 17 and under. At the bottom of the screen, you should see the question for the week, and that we ask that, again, you would uh, send the answer to the email that's located on the bottom of the screen. Again, we will be giving you a Dunkin' Donuts gift card uh, for those who will respond positively. And so God bless you uh, as you respond to the name Perez. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, well, before I pray, uh, I just ask that you would pray with me. This is probably, if, if you'd have told me even five years ago that I would be preaching a sermon on this subject, uh, I would have probably said to you, no, that's not going to happen. And yet, um, in this season, uh, I really feel like I'm on assignment from the Lord, and it is uh, very daunting what the Lord wants to accomplish in this moment. I'll be honest with you, I feel inadequate, um, but maybe that's where God wants me to feel inadequate so that I have to totally depend upon him. And um, although we are a multicultural church, in this hour, in this moment, in this season, I just feel compelled, especially after uh, this past week's event, that, that God loves his black daughters and he in sense in that they you need to be encouraged but even more importantly affirmed in your blackness and so i'm going to ask that you would uh, bow your heads as we pray that only God can reach our hearts and do what only he can do. Father, I pray even as the worship team sung that you would reveal yourself as Father. I, I pray, Lord, that my speech and preaching will not be with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened that we would know the hope of your calling, especially black women, that they would know the hope of your calling. 
I pray, Father, according to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, bear witness to my ministry, both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to turn your attention to Esther chapter 4. We went, as we're traveling through the book of Esther, uh, with regards to the morning prayer, morning prayer ministry, uh, we just finished up Esther chapter four, and seemed like the Lord was speaking marvelously through that. And um, for those of you who were saying, "Hey, wait a minute! I thought you were speaking on the subject winter is coming." Yep, that was my plan. I thought I would have a week off because my notes were already in, and then on uh, Thursday, Friday morning, one of those two the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to change that message. At least he gave me two days notice as opposed to two hours last week. And he said, I I want you to speak to black women this morning. And so um, that's what we're gonna do. And I'm gonna ask uh, Nao if she would read uh, those verses. God bless you, Nao. reading from Esther chapter 4, from verse 1. When Mordecai learned about all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on burlap and ashes, and went out into the city, crying with a loud and bitter wail. He went as far as the gate of the palace, for no one was allowed to enter the palace gate while wearing clothes of mourning. And as the news of the king's decree reached all the provinces, there was great mourning among the Jews. They fasted, wept, and wailed, and many people laid in burlap and ashes. Queen Esther sent clothing to him to replace the burlap, but he refused. Then Esther sent Hathak to Mordecai and find out to find out what was troubling him and why he was in mourning. Mordecai told him the whole story and gave Hathak a copy of the decree that called for the death of all Jews. He asked Hathak to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. He also asked Hathak to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. So Hathak returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Then Esther told Hathak to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in this manner court, in this inner court, without being invited, is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come for him for 30 days. So Hathak gave Esther's message to Mordecai. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at this time, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. Hear the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Amen. 
I want to speak to you the subject, uh, Black Woman Part One, Brianna Taylor. That's the title of my sermon, Black Woman Part One, Brianna Taylor. And, and um, I want you to get prepared to do two things. Number one, um, I want you to be prepared uh, when, I, when I say so to write prayers on the chat line. I also want to, you to be prepared and you may want to call a few friends. Uh, as a female, I don't care what age you are, uh, as a female, in this case you do not have to be black, just be a female. And I also, but particularly black females, I, I want to speak a blessing over you at the end of my sermon. Uh, and, and those of you who are in this room who, uh, uh, let's say, I'll say under 40 because you're young enough to be my daughters. Uh, I want you to come up. Just, we'll, we'll be distant apart because I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to stand proxy for all those who are in the virtual world online because I want to speak a blessing over you as females that the Lord will do everything that I speak the blessing over your life that he would do. Amen. I, um, I have a number of very important black women in my life. Uh, the first black woman in my life was, or was and is, <laughs> my mom. And uh, does she look gorgeous there? Uh, that was a picture of my mom when she was celebrating, I believe, her, uh, she was renewing her vows for her 50th uh, wedding anniversary with my dad. As many of you know, my dad passed away this past uh, May from COVID-19. And, uh, and since then, me and my mom, we go out on a date uh, roughly one to two times a week. Uh, or once every two weeks at least, uh, try to make it once a week. And sometimes we just go to you know, our three favorite restaurants. Uh, one time we just drove up and down the highway. Another time uh, we drove around Cambridge so she could see all the changes that have taken place in Cambridge, drove by PT South so she could see uh, how the work was moving forward with regards to our renovations. Of course, she was that first woman and then um, uh, the best woman in my life uh, was my wife, or should I say is my wife, Lady Carmen, she's in the blue, she's looking all fly. And we're going on 38 years of marriage and she is, in two months she'll be 60, but she looks like she's 40. Bless the Lord. And um, I'm really proud of uh, Carmen because many of you know about two or three years ago, uh, especially during that whole uh, uh, season uh, of, unfortunately, uh, uh, the Me Too movement where women were coming out and expressing how they were sexually abused. And, and 
one of the toughest places to say that you've been sexually abused is in the church. And, and it can bring a lot of shame. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for my wife's courage to uh, come before the church and say that she was sexually abused as a, uh, as a child. And I was praising God that my daughters came up to support her and her sisters, uh, uh, natural sisters, Anita and uh, Cecilia came up and supported her, but really proud of my wife. And then uh, my two daughters, uh, Vanessa who, and Jessica, who were also in the picture and had a number of black women who have made me the man I am today. Um, my grandmother, Mildred Green, my, my uh, actually my mother-in-law, Ma Salmon, woman of prayer, um, my Sunday school teacher, my youth pastor, uh, mother uh, Sylvia Watson, who turned 100 years old, she's still alive, um, mother Agnes Darlington, mother Bertine Brown, um, yeah, mother, of course, uh, mother, uh, Kathleen Cummings is still alive. And I mean, so many women who have poured into my life and helped make me the man I am today. And so proud of my daughters, how they have become uh, leaders in the house of the Lord and they love Jesus. And, and I remember this week as I was when I heard the verdict of, of Brianna Taylor, I, I, just, I just did not want to watch TV at all, didn't want to watch the news about that. Uh, and then I remember, probably around Thursday, that, and this is a conversation, this is not necessarily me preaching, this is me talking to you. And I remember the Lord said to me, how, how would you feel, Brian, if Brianna Taylor was your daughter? How would you feel if your daughter was killed, murdered? And then when I, I did the calculations and I realized that, yeah, Brianna Taylor was killed on, I believe it's March 13th, let me make sure I get the date right, right, March 13th. Um, this past June 5th would have been her 27th birthday. And that's when it struck me that the Lord is saying, yeah, Brian, um, she's only six months younger then your youngest daughter, Jessica, who you saw up here um, as part of the worship team. So yeah, she's, she's Jessica. Dreams, just um, got a wonderful job, got certified uh, to be, a, I believe, an EMT, and her life just taken like that. And as I pondered that, I, I realized how much rage I would probably be having and how much anger I would be in. And what, what, what I sensed the Lord saying to me, which was that being 
killed by the police was simply a symptom with regards to Brianna's death. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? And he said, That's, that was just a symptom. Brianna's life being devalued is the sickness, is the disease. Where I was struck by the fact that the police officer the one police officer who was charged was charged basically not for killing Brianna, but because the bullets he shot entered into another apartment. So basically it was like she was just no more valuable in that room than the mattress that she was killed on. This story about Esther really strikes me in that every week I, 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 I try to speak a blessing over my daughters and speak a blessing uh, oh, my oldest daughter, Vanessa. And the name Esther here means star. If you have the name Esther, that means you're a star. And what I discovered when I, when I bless my daughter, Vanessa, she's the oldest, is that Vanessa is actually made up of two names, Van Esther. Van Esther. And Van means belonging to. And Esther means the star. And so when I bless Vanessa, I bless her by saying, you are the one who belongs to the star. Revelations chapter 22, verse 14, says that Jesus, 16 rather, says that Jesus is the bright morning star. And so I always speak over her life, you belong to the star, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I bless her, and a number of times Vanessa would say to me, Dad, my week went very well because you blessed me. And at the end of the service, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pronounce over you, black woman, the same blessing that I blessed my daughter Vanessa with. When I look at um, Esther's life, I see she's a star, but as you know, when I look at names, I believe that names are prophetic. And I was looking at the name Brianna, and, and of course, Brianna actually, and the word Brianna is Brian, but I looked up the word Brianna anyways, because I was saying, God, what was the destination and the purpose of this young woman's life that was taken out so quickly? so unexpectedly, so tragically. And the name Brianna, which I believe the Lord is saying, this is who you are, black woman. Her name means strong. Her name means honor. Her name, Brianna, means virtuous. And that's who you are, black woman. You are strong. 
you are to be honored. And you are a woman of, who, who is virtuous. Proverbs 31 verses 10, 30, and 31. The writer says, who can find a virtuous woman? If you want to know who you are, black woman, if you want to know what God thinks about you, read Proverbs 31. That's what God thinks about you. You are a virtuous woman. And then I looked up the word virtuous, and though in this text the word virtuous is a Hebrew word, our word virtuous uh, comes from a Latin word. And listen to these, uh, these uh, synonyms that describe the word virtuous. A virtuous woman is a good woman. In other words, you're a God woman. A virtuous woman, is Latin definition, is a moral woman. A virtuous woman is a woman of worth. You have value. A virtuous woman is a woman of high character. These are all Latin definitions of the word virtuous. High character. And you say, what kind of character do I have? Easy. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Certainly, you have proven as women who, are, who have the ability to, to have what? Long-suffering, patience, goodness, generosity, self-control, and honor goals. These, these high, strong characteristics. And Lord knows, the last definition of the word virtuous is courage, during the times of war. And this, there has, this is one season where God really needs you to, needs to give you courage so that you, with all that's coming against you, that you can accomplish all that God has created you to be. That's why I was, I, I really felt the anointing of God when when the praise team stopped at that point where they just simply kept saying over and over again, he's father. He's father. You get your identity not from this culture. Your identity comes from the Father God. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made in your blackness. You are beautiful enough who you are. You don't have to get your hair changed. You don't have to suck in your lips so that they don't look big. You don't have to do all the things people try to make you do to fit in a certain mold. You are beautiful just the way God made you a gorgeous, beautiful, black woman. Black woman, you are trailblazers who have been called to pave a way. Paved the way. And I want to talk to you about four characteristics that God 
four things that God has placed within you to remind you that you are great. First of all, when we look at Esther, and though Esther was not a black woman, Esther is a woman who, is, who exemplifies the power of God to bring transformation into greatness, even though the odds were against her. See, in the Bible, whenever there is a name change, it usually means that God has something greater for you. For example, Abraham's name was changed to Abraham, meaning, yep, you are a high father, you are, you are a person who has a high position, but you have no children. I'm going to make you into Abraham, a father of a multitude. And on and on when God changes names, and you may not realize it, but God changed Esther's name. Her name was Hadassah, which means, I believe, myrtle tree. But her name was changed to Esther, which means star. Esther was an orphan. Only God, the power of God could take a woman who's an orphan and make her a queen. Esther did something so great, as you, if you ever get a chance to read the book of Esther, what she did approximately 2,500 years ago, what she did 25 years ago in saving the Jewish people from genocide, it is still celebrated even today called the Feast of Purim. And in this verse, in this particular chapter, you'll find that Esther did four things. I call it paving the way. Number one, how did Esther bring about breakthrough? How did Esther bring about change? Number one, she prayed. She prayed. You'll find that in, uh, in verse 16, this is where all the uh, peace, to, all the uh, principles take place, where she says, I need you to fast with me. I need you to fast for me and fast with me because I'm going to, I'm going to attempt something that may cost me my life, but I am, we're going to pray that, and even though God is not mentioned in the book of Esther, we do know that Obviously, they're not simply fasting to be fasting, that they understood, uh, yes, they did, Isaiah chapter 58, that there needed to be a fast for justice. And even as you fast forward in Luke chapter 18, if you get a chance, read Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8, where in verse 3, the Bible says that the widow, when she had no other recourse, she cried out to God for justice. And I really believe that's one reason I know in my life my grandmother was a powerful woman of prayer. My mom was, is a powerful woman of prayer. My, my mother-in-law, powerful woman of prayer. Somehow, I have discovered that, that black women know how to get a hold of God, maybe because they're used to the odds being against them, and the only one who can bring them where they belong is the power of God. And this is why I keep imploring you to be, up, to be present at 6 a.m. prayer. And if you can't make 6 a.m. prayer, go to uh, social justice prayer on Tuesday. And, and I want to remind you, Tuesday is our church 
day of corporate fasting. You may have your other times of fasting personally, but on Tuesday we fast as a congregation. And of course the midnight prayer where we get to, for those of you who want to just uh, go before God for hours, you know, midnight prayers for you where we just call upon God and we have seen God do powerful things. Black woman, be a woman of prayer. It's in your DNA. <laughs> Bless the Lord. But it's not enough just to be a woman of prayer. You're going to be a woman of a action. Talking about pave the way. A woman of prayer, a woman of action. James chapter 2, verse 20, and I believe uh, Kristen said it earlier, faith without works is dead. Yes, we can pray and pray and pray, but at some point you got to get up and do something. And there's so many women in the Bible. Deborah, a woman, of, a woman of action. Rahab, a woman of action, to the point that even she's even located in the Hebrew Hall of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Uh, the little girl, Naaman, the little girl who served Naaman in 2 uh, Kings chapter uh, 5 or 6, I think it's 2 Kings chapter 5, a little girl, Naaman, she was, a, she, was a, she was a slave to Naaman, yet she was a woman of action, a girl of action. Lydia in Acts chapter 16, verse 14, she was a businesswoman, Lord have mercy. And Martha, the Bible says, now I know a lot of people downgrade Martha, Lord have mercy, let this boy preach it up in here. A lot of people downgrade Martha because, oh, Mary, uh, she was at Jesus' feet. But the Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 that the house that Jesus came to was owned by Martha. Martha owned the house. Not Lazarus, her brother. Martha did. So that means Martha handled some business too. Lord have mercy. She was a woman of action. And of course, Ruth, who I'm going to talk about later, and even Sarah, she was a woman of action. And after all, at the age of 89, praise the Lord, you'll get it someday. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. You got to be people of action. And there's some, there's, there's some women in our church, the black women in our church that have done some bold things. And, and I was thinking about Kristen Pope who, who, who just gave the announcements. And I'm, many of you may not have even known that uh, she, she ran for public office in, her, in the town that she just moved into. Woman of action. Uh, Ray Jean, uh, uh, who, who uh, uh, teaches at one of our major universities. I, 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 I remember when this whole, the big protest with, when George Floyd was murdered, and I, I saw a video of her. It, it, it seemed like an inter, intersection, and there were hundreds of people there. And she had a megaphone and, and boldly speaking against racism. And I was like, wow, and in her hometown, not in some, you know, distant city where people don't know her, but in a town standing up for racism. And even, uh, I'm always struck by uh, uh, Laureen, who's also being uh, trained to be a minister at PT. And you say, Laureen, yeah, like, uh, you may not know, but uh, maybe uh, I was, every I'll say maybe once a month, once every two months, that Laureen, maybe it's more than that, that she, 
she, go, she goes on the red line, gets in the train, and preaches the gospel in the middle of the train. That, that, that's boldness. That's declaring woman of action. And I, I can go on and on about the, the black women in this church who are women of action, young girls all the way up to Mother Watson, who's 100 years old. Black woman is a woman of prayer, a woman of action. Secondly, thirdly, you got to vote. Got to vote. You got to vote. You got to vote. You got to vote. You got to vote. She's a voter. What do you mean vote? Well, of course, when November comes, you need to vote. But the word vote comes from Latin words, it means vow. And this word in Latin for vote not only means to vow, but it also means to promise or to devote. And you may say, well, okay, so what are you trying to say? I'm saying that, and I wrote this down, what are you going to devote yourself to? What are you going to dedicate yourself to that's worth risking your life for? You see, at some point, there's got to be something that you say, this is worth risking my life for. This is, this is worth me putting in all the chips and saying, this is what I'm going to dedicate my life to. See, great people, great woman, great black woman, basically say, this is, this is what I'm going to risk my life for. This is, this is worth it. Sometimes it's for a cause, Sometimes it's for the next generation. But what is that one thing that you're going to say, like, like Esther said, I'm going to go into the king, even though that's an action that could cost me my life, but if I perish, I perish, but this is the thing that I'm voting for. This is the thing that I'm all in on. My final point is, you got to be a person of prayer. You're a person of action. You're a person who votes. And you're a person who's an example. I like what Esther said. She said, I want you to fast and pray. But she said, me and my handmaidens will fast also. I think one of the things that made me the man I am is the fact that I've watched my mother live a consistent life, an exemplary life. She was the same person in, out of the church that she was in the church. There were no two Ma Masha Greens. She was the same way at home as she was in church and even as she was on her job. I want to talk to you young people just for a moment where the Apostle Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, let no person despise your youth. Don't, tell, don't let somebody tell you you're too young. Paul says you can be an example to all believers even right now in your youth. Paul said in 1 
Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Follow me as I follow Christ. There are young people in our church right now, millennials and Gen Zers, who I'm, who I'm looking at, and, and, and already just their example has, has put wind in my sails. Seeing uh, young people, when I mean young, like, like, like teenagers on the midnight prayer call, talk about putting wind in your sails. You know, it, it, it is encouraging to know that we're, we're seeing young women saying, yeah, I want to be an example of walking with Jesus. I want to be an example of purity. I want to be an example of, watch this, when I mess up, I want to be an example of authenticity and not live in such shame that I hide stuff. I love that song by Donnie McCurkin. We get up, we fall down, but we get up. The Bible says the righteous man falls seven times. That means he got up six. So maybe you may be looking at yourself and say, Bishop, you don't understand. I've made mistakes. I've, I've messed up. I'm saying to you, black woman, get back up again and pave the way. Be, you are, you are, I'm not, I'm not saying be, you are called to be a woman of prayer, a woman of action, a woman who votes, dedicate your life to something powerful, and you are called to be an example. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a few moments right now, go to the chat line. And what I want you to do is write out a one-sentence prayer. Elder Roy, uh, he, he led a Friday morning prayer, and he said something very powerful. He said, he talked about a lamenting. A, a lament where you, you express, it's a, it's a it's a sorrowful, it's a painful prayer. But he said something that was, I've never heard before, but it was powerful. He said, a lament is a protest. It is saying to God, God, this isn't right. And I want you to take a moment, black woman, to write a prayer, a lament. Whatever, you, whatever comes up in your spirit, whatever Whatever has been unfair, whatever, an area that you say, I need justice in, I want you to write it right now in the chat line. Because the psalmist says, the Lord will hear your cry. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Your, your father hears you cry. Your father hears you cry. Brianna Taylor was murdered in March. And sadly, we heard nothing about her really till the summer. We heard about Ahmaud Arbery. We heard about George Floyd.
but we really didn't hear much. We didn't hear anything about this black woman who lost her life. But I believe this is a season that God is elevating you. If you remember a few months ago, I was, I was saying, let's pray that presidential candidate Joe Biden would choose a black woman to be his vice president candidate. And I don't know who's going to win. And I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. But I just think that that alone, to me anyways, is God saying, you are valuable. You are to be affirmed. I want to I close by saying this blessing. And I'm going to ask you young ladies, if you can come, I want to end with this blessing over you. And those of you who are online, I want you to put out your hands to be blessed. And you don't have to be, this is a blessing for females, particularly black females, but you don't have to be a black female to receive this blessing. I, I want to give you the Father's blessing as a, as a father myself and as one who is, who is representing Father God. I want, to, I want to speak a blessing over your life as we conclude. And maybe you have some other friends that you want to text quickly. Why don't you come? and say, come on, get into this blessing or, or, or let them hear this message online. Even if they fast forward, I, I, want to, I want to release the blessing on you. And so, yep, you can stand right there. I think we're far enough away. Call this a black woman's blessing. But again, you don't, as long as you're a female, I want you to, I want you to put your hands out and receive this blessing. This is the blessing that I give over my daughter, Vanessa. It's based on her name, but you don't have to be named Vanessa to receive this blessing. The name Esther means star. Therefore, as a father, I bless you to be a woman of stardom because you belong to the star, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I bless you to be a woman who is celebrated, lionized, prominent, outstanding, distinguished, recognized, preeminent, transcendent, and bless you. I bless you to be supernatural. I bless you to be a woman who is a leader. You are essential to the world. You are not insignificant. You are not unimportant. I, like Esther in the Bible, I bless you to play a significant role in God's kingdom purposes. Like Esther in the Bible, whose name was changed from Myrtle Tree to Star and went from being an orphan to a queen, I bless you 
to be a her story of the transformative power of God's Holy Spirit. I bless you to be a woman who God uses to help determine the destinies of many lives, just like Esther in the Bible. I bless you to be a woman who lives your life as an example of one who belongs to the star, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And finally, I bless you to be a woman who others will follow because you yourselves are followers of Jesus Christ. I bless you as God's daughters, as his black woman, in the name and reputation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Those of you who want one-on-one prayer, please go to our private Zoom chat room, uh, Zoom room, where you can receive prayer. And I'm praying that this week you're going to sense something, a shift, a change, and you will see the importance of your life to God. God bless you. God favor you. And may his hand be upon your life. Amen.